Welcome to To Put It Playfully, the podcast that explores all things kink, sex and lingerie. I'm your host Becky, enthusiast of all things playful and sensual. Each week we bring you a new guest to join a conversation and share their unique perspective. So join us as we delve into the fascinating and thrilling world of play, pleasure and everything in between. Hello and welcome to To Put It Playfully. Today I'm with Miss Marilyn who is a professional dominatrix, an author, writer and an artist from Edinburgh. So hey Miss Marilyn. Hi. Lovely to see you today. Lovely to see you too. You're looking very cute today. Oh thank you and are you. I feel like I've followed you online for so long. It must be like at least like five years or something. It's a bizarre world that we live in because you see someone that you've been following for years and you know a lot about them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, know seen their face. you know so many things about them and you feel like you know them, but you actually don't. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's lovely. It's lovely to meet you finally. Yeah, and you. Yeah, we're just going to get to know you today and introduce our followers to you. So I just wanted to ask, how did you get into being a professional dominatrix? So this is something that shocks quite a lot of people. My dad actually told me to do it. <laughs> when I was 16 and looking for what subjects I was kind of going to take on to higher education or what route I was going to go down kind of university college wise, there was nothing that I was really drawn to. I really enjoyed theatre, but obviously that's not a kind of realistic mm. route to go down, especially me being up, you know, in Scotland in the middle of nowhere. But he said to me, I was 16 and he said, have you thought about being a professional dominatrix? Now, obviously I hadn't. <laughs> um, and I kind of vaguely had an idea of what it was. I just kind of thought women in kind of like shiny black outfits mm. slapping men about, which understandably appealed to me. <laughs> and then I kind of looked into it more when I was 16. I contacted the, there was only two dominatrixes in Scotland kind of working at that time. I contacted both of them. One of them never replied and another one told me to piss off because oh, obviously wow. I was 16, <laughs> which is fair enough. And then three years after that, it was a chance meeting with Mistress Inca in her sex shop in Edinburgh. And she kind of took me under her wing and it's all history after that. Oh, wow. So did your dad's like, do you think he expected you to get to this point in your career? <laughs> so it's funny because he obviously was the one that put it into my head. And the reason being, although, yes, a pervert, <laughs> he has always wanted to make bondage furniture. Oh, wow. That's been something that he's really desperately kind of wanted to do with his work, but he's had no reason to. So, mm. but yeah, he he didn't really have a realistic idea of what a dominatrix is. Mm. So, you know, he's kind of watched me do this for the last 10 years and been really shocked at kind of what I'm up to <laughs> and has actually said, if I knew, if I knew everything that, you know, it entailed, I wouldn't have told you to do it. Oh but unfortunately God. for him, it's he done did. now. <laughs> Yeah, it's too late to go back on it now. Did he ever get to make his bondage furniture? He did. He's made so he's made me about like five or six pieces over the years, and yeah, I think he really wanted to kind of make a little business out of it. But now, because you know, obviously BDSM is so kind of widespread and in the mainstream, there's so many people that make bondage furniture that are like IKEA things that you can just buy and oh, wow. like knock up, and they're really cheap and cheerful. So it's hard to kind of you know ma- find a master craftsman who's going to yeah. build you a gorgeous you know spanking bench or whatever oh but yeah but he has he has made me a lot of stuff and he helped when I had a dungeon a few years ago he helped me kit it out and paint it and do everything up and he's always got loads of ideas he's coming oh. coming with me like coming to me with so yeah he did he, he 
you did get to make some. <laughs> you got to li- live history. Yes, you. <laughs> you're welcome, Dad. <laughs> and yeah, so what was that journey like? So when you st- you had the idea from when you were 16, and then eventually getting to know another dominatrix, like how was that like developed since then? So basically, I I can admit her one day I had bought a book. I was a teenage dominatrix by Shauna Kenny from Mr. Sinker's shop, and then I went in the next week to buy something else and she said oh do you want to be a dominatrix and I said well yeah actually and she said oh I do it and she kind of hadn't long started it herself but knew a lot more about it because obviously she was a lot older had been on the scene for a long time had had loads of DF relationships and stuff and literally she texted me the next day uh, saying right turn up at 12 we've got a strap on session oh my god and ever <laughs> since then just in the deep end <laughs> honestly I've been full-time sex work been really lucky that I've been able to do it kind of solely as my job but I've been full-time ever since that that muggy Saturday <laughs> morning when I did strap on for the first time wow what was that like oh it was mad <laughs> because the thing is obviously when you're young you think you know everything don't you you think yeah. you know everything about sex but then I went and I didn't know a bloody thing and <laughs> I mean obviously if you if you throw me into that room by myself it would have been a terrible session but I just kind of learned from her what she was saying and picking things up on the yeah. way but no it very much it very much showed me dramatically that I knew absolutely nothing <laughs> but so interesting yeah and how long did you kind of be mentored by her so I was working kind of on the side for like a year it was very much like I was her apprentice and she'd say you know if you want my little apprentice in the room as well pay an extra whatever Um, and luckily for me a lot of people did so I was working so much in those first few years I mean really it was amazing but also back then through kind of countless programs on channel four about sex work over the last decade and the rise of OnlyFans and stuff sex work although still stigmatized is very much kind of mainstream again like what I said about BDSM because I I think you'd struggle to find anyone in the western world who didn't know what OnlyFans was at this point and but back then I mean OnlyFans didn't exist I think Instagram didn't exist when I first started as well or if it did it was very very early stages and the market was sparse it was still very much like an underground kind of subculture thing whereas now I think everyone probably knows someone who does sex work in some kind of way shape or form so it was it was a lot different 10 years ago to how I've watched friends of mine get into sex work now and I am grateful for that though because I think it was a lot more fun back then and also you didn't really need to rely so heavily on social media which was nice you know it was actually about meeting people and uh, being there kind of in person but no it's been I'd say the first three four years that I was doing it I kind of went in between thinking this is the best time of my life and then crying on the bus home (laughs) because it was very but I mean there's a few things that I was doing that shocked me like I didn't I didn't know about a lot of the things that we did and it was very kind of jarring it was very depraved Mm. and obviously because I was only 19 20 at the time I hadn't done anything and it was very much a shock to the system I'd say yeah Um, well in terms of like what the clients would be asking for or just like I think so there's a kind of practice called forced buy so basically men would get in touch with us to arrange other men to be there during the session and we would force I'm raising my fingers here with little quotation marks (laughs) force them to interact with them sexually yeah and you know that's that's perfectly fine absolutely no judgment on that it's great fun but then at the end of the session they would be saying to us you know like oh you know I've been doing this for 30 years I go dogging on a Wednesday and I've got a glory hole on a Thursday and I've been married to my wife for 30 years and she's got no clue and I was seeing a lot of guys who got off on not using protection right yeah. and, and every now and again someone would say a little comment like 
what I've got a daughter your age and I, it just kind of got oh, into my head a bit and I was like god how could you ever trust anyone I don't know what's up to it and I kind of went home one day because I still lived with my mum and dad for like the first kind of six months that I was doing Domin and I kind of came home one day and I was like dad are you doing this <laughs> like dad is could oh, you tell no. but not because I thought it was disgusting or anything yeah. it was just very much like god what are people up to like you can never know what yeah. someone's doing when you know you're not there and I just kind of thought about how how much it would change my life if I found out my dad was going to a glory hole every oh, Thursday gosh, yeah. but yeah it was just it was just very jarring I think you know because obviously it's so widespread kind of clientele it's mostly people in committed relationships mm-hmm. that are unable to express themselves properly in the relationship for whatever reason or you know they've broached the subject about what they're into and their partners kind of shut it down for the most part these are people that the sessions are a massive secret and it's a part of their life that literally nobody in their life knows about and it's it's quite a yeah it, it it can it can be stressful at times yeah, how can um, you de- how do you deal with that if like a wife emails you I mean luckily it's it's kind of only happened like a handful of times but every time you know it's been there's like pure hate spewing at the phone or the email and it's very it kind of makes you stop and think oh am I I a bad person for doing this am I not you know and I think I I think a lot of people have said that to me over the years you know how can you do that how can you be how can you be the other woman to all these women how can you say you're a feminist well you're the other woman for all these women (laughs) And I honestly, I don't have an answer for it. Yeah. I don't see it as that at all, though. I think it's, it would be like if you were dating someone and you didn't know that they had a wife. Well, but it's not, (laughs) (laughs) but like, it's not really your fault. Like, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not me forcing, it's not me saying, and you have to come and book me. Yeah. You know, it's their kind of. And it's not like you're not seeking the the men out and being like, oh, you're married. Yeah. I purposely want to ruin your marriage marriage yeah like, that's all on, on them i'm afraid but yeah that i, I know can, i i mean i agree but yeah. i do understand people yeah that, i can totally understand you the know, anger. how dare you facilitate yeah this man yeah <laughs> or woman or, or yeah, you know not being a person anyway <laughs> gosh yeah that sounds like a lot of hard work like emotionally and like i, I really like how open you are about that side of things because i think like a lot of like because it is so widespread now you don't see necessarily the duality of yeah. like the people involved like the doms like some people are very good at like being extremely like in that role all the Mm -hmm. time but I really enjoy how you're very like open with your content and like you're just very honest thank you (laughs) I think obviously because of social media it has been glamorized Mm. so much but I think that kind of despair that I felt in the first few years not only because I was kind of very much deep and you know thrown in at the deep end of depraved kind of things there was one time that we did a kind of forced buy party and we had like a waiting list and everything just all these men wanted to come and suck off other guys and you know have sex with them and stuff and gangbangs and whatever and I remember I remember very vividly there was a guy who was a business businessman that we often saw kind of just for an hour here and there came to the party and I remember him kind of on the floor and there would be a ring of guys around him just kind of ejaculating on his face and then getting the bus home as as a 19 year old and I kind of I realize now that I'm older I think it was just because I was doing sex work so solidly and constantly Mm. I know this maybe sounds stupid, but my inner child was kind of traumatized. Yeah. You are still a child at 19. Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But not only that, I think it you get a lot of people that don't wash. You know, you get a lot of kind of 
very smelly, very dirty people. Yeah. You obviously get a, get people who come and they're very gropey and overbearing and cross your boundaries and they think that they've got a right to because they've paid you and it can be genuinely really scary. Yeah. And I've had a few I've had a few really bad experiences. I think it was about two years maybe a year and a half into sex work and I was working from my flat at the time and a guy booked me came in and like kicks my head in oh, and wow. left um, and luckily that's only happened once yeah. um, but as you can imagine there wasn't much kind of support from the police yeah. especially not at that time you know it was 10 years ago so sex work kind of wasn't like I said wasn't kind of widely in mm. the public eye so it was very much like this is your fault because you're a sex worker but that was horrendous yeah. and yeah just very just very scary yeah. at points in time but you know I'm saying all these negatives about it I've <laughs> largely for the most part I've had an excellent time yeah. um, but at the beginning as a 19 year old I think it was quite traumatizing yeah and like I really appreciate your honesty with that because yeah it's like a lot of yeah it's difficult to sort of say and I know some people might feel like oh it's giving like a negative view but no it's a real view and yeah yeah, it's kind of like something that people need to be aware of and I think particularly like people who do real life sessions like that's why it is so important that we put like sex sex work and like health and safety at our forefront and like keep talking about it it's like you know nobody asks for these situations it's just like I think I definitely understand what you mean about like just being so shocked by what people will do yeah you you get like situations where people have whole new families like that they like go in between and that is shocking and I think definitely as a teenager you can be like wow like the world's just not what you thought it was (laughs) I think because obviously I'm I'm 10 years into sex work now and I've kind of branched off into a few other things I think that's why I feel so comfortable about talking about it honestly because I think you know in society although people know about OnlyFans and sex work and you know they're very much aware that it's a massive kind of part of society I think generally the view is you know if you if there's bad stuff going on in sex work like why would you choose to do it yeah because a lot of people look down on you for choosing to do it so if you start to complain about it immediately those people are going to be like well it's your own fault because you've chosen to do it so I think younger sex workers or people that are really kind of big on social media and stuff maybe feel like they can't talk about the on the honest kind of side of it because you would immediately get that backlash of well you chose to do it you chose to be a sex worker so it's your own fault mm. if you know you're getting shat on or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever else just all sorts. Um, but I think I think it's so important to talk about though because a lot of I know a lot of people who kind of got into it and then been a wee bit traumatised themselves mm. or just kind of been like oh hold on a minute this isn't me getting paid like £500 a day to send a picture of my food yeah. or whatever you know it's <laughs> It's actually like, hard work. Oh God, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think it's important to be honest. Yeah, and you speak a little bit about your experiences in your first book, Rotten Apple, which yes. I loved so much. Oh, like, thank you I so much for really, buying it. Yeah, <laughs> you're so welcome. No, it was so in, such an enjoyable read, and like obviously, it there's like sometimes it's like where I was like laughing, sometimes I was like tearing up because I was like oh my gosh like this is so like it's very honest Mm. and it's very like it's very matter of fact in some ways and then I just thought it was really interesting because like it doesn't necessarily like you're not kind of like painting yourself in like oh I'm I'm like a amazing person you're no. very like, like not <laughs> no definitely not. not but like I really liked how like you're really honest about yourself and like your flaws or mm. perceived flaws or whatever and I just thought like yeah it was a really clever thing clever book so yeah thank you so much I'm so I'm so happy to hear you say that <laughs> yeah so like obviously Rotten Apple that's been out and is that still available to buy 
So no. So I, because I'm an idiot, at, when I released it, I said, right, I'm going to do it limited edition. Yeah. So it's really special. So if you get it, you're lucky. <laughs> you know. And then it immediately sold out and I've got loads of people desperately kind of wanting another one. But because... I knew myself very well at the time. And I said, I just want to do it limited edition. And I knew that I would kind of go back on that. So what past me did <laughs> was delete the master file. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, no, I will never print it again. And I don't have a lot of the kind of images and stuff that's in the book anymore. And I can't find them anywhere. So it's been really hard to try and get it reprinted. I think I've finally managed to kind of get it back together again. But honestly, only time will tell. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it, it was a massive success and I'm really grateful for it. But again, I just think it was because people were kind of relieved to read something of someone saying, yeah. you know, I am a bit shitty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so refreshing to hear <laughs> stuff like that because it makes you feel like a little bit more human for all like your flaws and everything. Like, oh, like I love stuff like that. I want, yeah, me too. I like people to be self-deprecating. Yeah, absolutely. I think, <laughs> I think I, when I wrote it, it was very much, I kind of was reading loads of kind of memoirs and and I just I was like why are you you know you're never saying anything bad about yourself you're never talking about anything really shitty you've done to someone else like come on be realistic like we're all a bit shit yeah and and I just kind of wanted to read something where I was like oh (laughs) you know oh my god that is really shitty or oh she's a bitch or whatever but and then I thought do you know what I just want to be honest yeah it's very like arresting when someone like write something like that because it it always feels like like reading your diary and some of it is diary oh absolutely yeah and like so you've got part two coming out yes and how is that is that any different like tell me about what um (laughs) (laughs) so obviously I kind of painted myself in a negative light in the first Mm. one and this one is me in the worst light of all oh really (laughs) so I think there was a lot of things in the first one that my editor kind of said like ooh maybe leave that out or or, you know like but this one so basically it's it's three parts I've done the first one which is kind of about sex work and sex and stuff and and my struggle with kind of compulsive sexual behaviour and then this one's about mental health and as someone who's got borderline schizoaffective disorder that's really kind of played a massive part Mm. and not only like my job but also my life generally how I've reacted to things and I've also got BPD as well so I have been a big old mess <laughs> a lot of times in my life and you know done genuinely kind of really horrible things to people I cared about maybe just because I could or because I was quite ill at the time yeah. or and again I think you need to talk about these things to destigmatize it you know I just yeah. think it's really important especially um, like yeah with like compulsive behaviors like that as well like it does happen unfortunately yeah and you know you just kind of got to like admit to yeah. it and move forward. Oh god, yeah. Like the worst thing is that if you can't admit to yourself that you did something wrong, yeah. or there was like you know some external reason, it's like yeah, just own it. And I love that. And more people should just do that. Oh, absolutely. I think we'd be a lot happier as a kind of yeah. you know as a group. Like, I fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Now what we're gonna do? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds really exciting. And is it gonna? Is that gonna be? Is that got like any artwork in it? Or it's got it a few bits and pieces but mostly it's just writing I think mental health is the biggest kind of thing in my life and what has influenced my life up until this point so there's it's kind of just jam-packed with experience more than anything else but yeah there's a few there's a few doodles and stuff but no yeah no English mansion shots or you know sexy pictures of me maybe 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 one of me in the psychiatric ward but (laughs) (laughs) apart from that yeah no maybe some sexy bits but not not many mostly just doom (laughs) <laughs> just do oh but i will say it is very funny <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is yeah so, yeah you, you've put like a few oh have you put a little snap 
of some stuff yeah so i've kind of been i've kind of been trickling bits here and there yeah. just to get the feedback and yeah. i actually let my friend pamela blonde too you know as well yeah. read some of it the other day and i've never heard someone laugh so much in my oh life my so i'm i'm excited to get it out i really am yeah but there are some bits in it that i like the first one everything that i said in it i wasn't nervous about mm-hmm. but there's bits in this one i'm very nervous okay. about because they're just like horrible (laughs) absolutely horrible but i'm sure it'll be very cathartic in the end yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah i'm I'm nervous about this one yeah but i think yeah at least like when you say yourself there's no chance of someone being like oh i found this thing out about (laughs) miss marilyn well exactly (laughs) just cancel yourself that's exactly what i'm doing it just in case i get famous (laughs) yeah (laughs) i've told you all i've told you all my stuff already you've got to just do it and you've also so not only that you've got like two books like one one you come out one that's come out and one that's coming out you've also got your activity book for the anxious pervert yes correct yes (laughs) i am wildly excited about this <laughs> um so basically it's a book and it's got like 40 40 plus kind of activities in it it all came about because i was looking for a birthday present for my friend my best friend who's quite an anxious person and i was kind of finding that these workbooks they were either like just coloring books with really kind of patronizing statements in them you know like <laughs> keep calm and carry on you yeah. know it'll be all right in the end or like hang in there and you know it just wasn't that exciting or they were kind of quite clinical and it was all about actually genuinely helping your anxiety and breathing yeah. exercises and meditation and whatever and i kind of thought oh god this is all boring this is all <laughs> so boring so at first I kind of thought I'll do a kinky colouring book mm. uh, but then as I was doing it I kind of thought oh and how about if I just throw a word search in here or how about if I get people to draw their own genitals or their best pal's genitals or you know write down all the things that turns them on and just you know I want it to be really colourful really fun I mean I've even got a page that's about like <laughs> you know in an alternate universe you and I are shagging the seven seas <laughs> shagging our way across the seven seas and then you've got to come up with your like horny pirate name oh my god and like a horny name for like our pirate ship and stuff and it's just like it's just loads of fun and yeah. you know i've wrote the anxious pervert but there's no i was kind of about like oh maybe i shouldn't say that because there's no kind of like actual exercises that help you overcome your anxiety yeah. in it but it's just very much like if you're a pervert and you really enjoy sex or you're quite kinky and you know you've got some time or you need to distract yourself i think yeah. it'll be like a really fun time it sounds super creative like (laughs) i mean i i loved doing it and i had i had i wanted to keep working on it because i just had so many ideas yeah but i was kind of like no no just hold it back hold it back there's always a part two (laughs) so yeah so that that'll be getting sent out in about a week's time um and i'm like i'm so excited for it to hit people's letterboxes yeah so fingers crossed like everyone doing their activities will be so fun yeah yeah, I love stuff like that. Like, I think like everyone needs like a little bit of like childhood joy with like little activities like that, but like make it adult. Yeah, well, that's that's another part of it. Obviously, I said earlier about traumatizing my inner child. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of so I kind of got to the point with sex work where I just hated it. I just mm. like I didn't want to do it. Every time I was at work, I was kind of getting quite upset, and it wasn't because I was finding anything kind of disgusting or wrong. Like I really, I've always really enjoyed my job, but like i said earlier it's been 10 years of pure depravity i've yeah. not done anything else but doming for 10 years and then obviously i've done the book but that within itself was about doming and about bad yeah. experiences and about you know struggling with kind of sex and whatever and i kind of thought i need to do something for my inner child mm. 
like just to kind of boost me up a bit because I was really struggling and I think it was very much that I had done nothing creative or colorful yeah. or just like playful it was it was all just really sexual and seedy and dirty and had been for years and I was kind of worn out and then yeah so I just thought you know but I do love kink and I do love sex so why don't I just make some really fun kind of childish activities about that yeah just merge the two things um, so I'm actually looking forward to doing the book myself yeah <laughs> oh it'd be amazing yeah i think like it's such a great idea and something that i think a lot of people are going to really enjoy i hope so i do hope so absolutely they will like people love activities interactive things things that are personalizable like in that way and uh, i think like it's also like a really interesting thing because like what you said about like getting people to list like their kinks or whatever yeah. fantasies or whatever it was like stuff like that is really interesting for like yourself to like get to know yeah. yourself a bit better because everyone loves taking like what that like bdsm quiz and stuff like that yeah like, of oh, course they like, do yeah 90 exhibitionist or whatever mm-hmm. like stuff like that is so enjoyable but like yeah to make it like something you can act actively do mm-hmm. away from the screen away from like the shitty like fet life kind of yeah. websites and things like that yeah. i mean although as funny as fet life can be <laughs> yeah but i mean you know i just thought it, it kind of evolved as an idea because at the beginning it was just a kinky coloring book and then mm. i thought about doing all these kind of other things and then i'd say now that it's finished it's very much something that you you know you could work through alone or do with friends but a really good kind of like aid for your partner yeah. or new partners yeah. you know like because it is very much this is what I'm into this is what I like hearing in bed this is what I don't like hearing in mm. bed these are sensations that I enjoy some that I don't and by the end of it you know you've got a really kind of solid idea of what this person is about sexually yeah. so I think if you know if you've got a partner and they're not really kind of brushed up on kink I myself have got like the most vanilla boyfriend in the world <laughs> and you know your partner doesn't know much about it or doesn't kind of yeah. know where to start it's like with dirty talk or anything I think it would be a great kind of yeah. a little because it's to slide quite, across and say if you just read this yeah. then <laughs> and it's quite like it's not too like offensive either. no no <laughs> it's no. like oh these lovely little like coloring pages and stuff it's not too much like oh here's this like pornographic film yeah well that, that's the thing because there was i kind of looked into is there anything else out there on the market that's mm. similar and there's there's not there's a few there's a few coloring books that are kind of sexy yeah but just like really really like just you know not good just kind of <laughs> a kind of caricature yeah. of kink or you know like strippers and stuff and mm. i just thought i don't yeah i want i want it to be from someone in the community yeah. that knows what they're talking about kind of yeah. thing, rather than just ugh, yeah like 50 shades of gray yeah <laughs> like, well exactly yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's amazing and when's that out like it's like already out. so it's already yeah so it's already out the first batch is getting sent out next week and then after that i'll be releasing some more because i just do all the postage myself yeah if i sell you know if i sell like a thousand at a time it takes it (laughs) takes me so long because obviously with shagger which is the first book the postage was a nightmare because it was just me and obviously i had thousands and my i only live in a tiny little house as well Mm. so it was hard to kind of package them send them get the postage right and take them all down you know but yeah so i'll be i'm doing it all kind of myself again maybe do the next book i'll give it to dpd or something but yeah um, yeah so yeah I'll, i'll be releasing another batch kind of next week but Thank you for asking me about it, though, because I am really excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Like, I'm sure it will be an absolute hit and it'll be, like, part two, three. Fingers crossed. crossed. (laughs) No, absolutely it will. Like, Shagger did so well. Like, it's, I mean, I know it's different, but I just think that 
it's kind of like the little tonic that the kink community mm. needs yeah i mean i think i don't know if you'll agree but i think the kink scene and community kind of takes itself a wee bit too seriously oh absolutely I um and <laughs> i absolutely hate it yeah. and it's very much you know the amount of people that have got in touch with me and said I really want to go to KV or I really want to go to One Night or whatever, but I don't have the money to buy any of these latex pieces that I'm seeing on all my kind of favourite sex workers or people that are in the scene that have loads of followers and stuff. And just generally, it seems that for me anyway, the kink scene kind of went from like a community to a competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't like that. So I just think there needs to be some kind of fun and although I hate the word silliness. put kind of back into play and yeah. you know rather than like who's got the most followers and who's the best dressed and yeah you know i definitely think that's like a, that's kind of like a thing with social media though isn't it like because obviously like now you kind of have to advertise yourself on social media yes. so like whereas before i guess like it was all like so much more on underground so that yeah. in itself creates like a subculture doesn't it but now it's very much like in your face yeah, it's, it's yeah. so in your face and like there's Obviously, nothing wrong with it. No. But like I just yeah, I just wish that we saw like a little bit more of like a broader spectrum. Absolutely. I mean even, you know, the the kind of range of bodies yeah. uh, and races that you see, you know, a lot of people I was talking to someone recently and they kinda said, I don't want to go to a party because I'm black and I've never yeah. seen anyone black be photographed at a party and obviously you it yeah. not that you know, it's it's kinda not inclusive in any way. There's a lot of people doing really inclusive work mm. and it's great. But I think for the most part, because of social media, it is very image based, which is fair enough. I mean, social media, you know, has its pros and cons. Um, But I think in terms of, you know, sex and all these spaces where you should be able to go no matter who you are and feel comfortable, um, it maybe shouldn't just be all about skinny white people. Yeah. And, um, just, yeah, like, and hot let me see some uggles take some, <laughs> take some pictures of ugly people that's what i want <laughs> and the people who like just kind of like threw the outfit together well with, exactly like, i mean cheap stuff in the house like, yeah yeah i want to see more of that like, i know me too DIY, give me an amazon like, three pound bodysuit over uh, yeah. uh you know a grand worth yeah. of latex any day <laughs> yeah like i think definitely like normalize that you don't have to be rich to be into cake know, and buy yeah. like a late- latex yeah. cat suit for thousands of pounds and get it like tailor-made and yeah. stuff and then there's all like people being very snobby about like things like pvc or oh like stuff i love that, pvc <laughs> yeah i love pvc too there's nothing wrong with pvc we've got loads of pvc sets actually that i love <laughs> but yeah like yeah people just i think just bring the fun back into kink and sex again oh absolutely it's but it's a, it's, it's a it's a big task <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, it was so lovely to chat to you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and yeah, if anyone wants to follow Miss Marilyn, you are Margot Throbby on Instagram, which is the O is a zero. And Throbby, yeah. Yeah, and Throbby with an IE. And Miss Marilyn X on Twitter, but you probably can't find me because I'm shadow banned. (laughs) If you can do if you can do the work, then (laughs) you'll find her. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to To Put It Playfully. If you want to follow us on social media, find us at Table Promises. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to learn about our new podcast episodes. See you then.